In this episode of Upward Calling, we talk about the faith of Abraham. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Saturday. Well, how you doing, Josh? Kenny, we are back <laughs> again. <laughs> how long has it been? It's been a while, but <laughs> to our credit, we've had one or two things going on this summer. We have. And, and, and I, I think our, our audience is probably regretting that you and I didn't bust out from whichever Muppet movie it was where Kermit and Fozzie Bear start with, together again. Oh, it's great to be together again. So that, that you know, that's we got one person doing that's that. That's exactly. But, uh, no, that's right. You, you were gone and then I was gone. Right. And then I got sick and I'm feeling good today, but Kenny is not feeling the best in the world. I'm on the upswing. Uh, it, it, it's gotten a lot better, but, but then... Uh, Today, Katie is at home from school. The school starts for students. We're recording on a Wednesday. School starts for students tomorrow. And today, Katie is, is at home uh, trying to get as much rest as she can so she can be ready for students because, oh, yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of marriage. You share so many things and some of the things you wouldn't want to share, but she got it. So we're, we're playing yeah. that game right now. Um, so anyway, that, that said, yes, we've had a lot of things uh kind of get in the way and but this is something yeah. that I think is very important. So we're resuming it. We're here. We're, we are here. And spe- and we're picking up at the tail end of a series. <laughs> well, you started this series and I think I like this series. You're you're talking about well number 1, you picked up this series an octave or two lower and you pulled out readers, Josh. That was exciting. Yeah, yeah, that was that was not exciting for me. <laughs> this is, it happens to all of us, Josh. <sighs> uh, you came right back to Abraham this past week. Just tell me, why are we talking about Abraham? Well, I, I think there's two reasons. And again, this has been a series. This is only the third lesson. There's only going to be four lessons. It's not a it's not a long series. But I tell you, if there if you were going to do a long series, you could certainly do one about Abraham, and you wouldn't repeat yourself. Uh, it's just there's so much in the story in the Old Testament, and then there's so much that's made of Abraham in the various books in the New Testament, uh-huh. and, and for good reason. The verse that I, I've come to rather frequently in these three lessons is what Paul says in Romans four and verse sixteen. As Paul is explaining why justification is through faith, it was not through the works of the law of Moses. It was not circumcision. It was not the sacrificial temple system. And Paul says, for this reason, it is by faith Mm -hmm. in order that it may be in accordance with grace. So the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And so I would say that there, there are two reasons why uh, I really wanted to, to talk about Abraham. First is that spiritual lineage mm-hmm. that Paul in Romans and in Galatians makes a big point of that, that promise that was made to Abraham and then confirmed in the covenant that he was going to be the father of a great nations and then a father of a multitude of nations. The church is the true fulfillment of that that Jew and Greek and whatever race and nationality that you are, 
if you are in Christ, then you are part of the true spiritual lineage of Abraham. And it was that point that John the Baptist was making in Luke chapter 3 when the Jews were coming to him to be baptized. And he said, you know, you need to bear fruit of repentance. Do not say we are descendants of Abraham. And he goes on to say, God can raise up from these stones descendants from from Abraham, Mm. which he did. You know, he took people who were not a people, uh, those who were not blessed, those who were not of the covenant, and he made them part of his people in Christ. And so we are, therefore, the spiritual offspring of Abraham. But then that brings in the second idea, which is also in this verse in Romans 4 and verse 16. It is those who are of the faith of Abraham. And I think this is something that, that maybe we don't, we don't give as much attention to as we ought. We know that we are called to be like Christ. We know that, you know, as the, as the Hebrew author says in Hebrews 12, you know, we are to set our eyes on him. We are to focus on him. He is our, our forerunner. He is the one that we are looking to. That is absolutely true. But we have these other figures of the Bible that are instrumental and instructive mm-hmm. And how it is that we are to live out our lives in Christ. You know, Paul, of course, makes the same point. First Corinthians 11 and verse 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Well, when he says that Abraham is the father of us all, he is saying not just he is the ancestor. He is the one whose behavior, in particular his faith, we are to model. Mm-hmm. And I think the importance there is we, we know the faith of Jesus, a faith that na- never wavered, a faith that never doubted, a faith that never succumbed to temptation. That's a hard faith to model because we do waver, we do doubt, and we do from time to time succumb to temptation. Right. Well, the second lesson in this series was about Abraham's doubts. And we even talked about that some in this most recent lesson, you know, God had made a covenant with Abraham, and yet Abraham's still struggling with, okay, how is this covenant going to come true? Mm-hmm. Oh, that Ishmael may stand before you. You know, as, as God is saying, no, Sarah is going to bear you a child. Abraham doesn't understand that. Right. So for us who, as we live in the flesh and, and we are you know, tempted, we are tried, we have moments of weakness, Abraham is the model the true model, you might say, of our faith. How can we still have faith like Abraham be counted as righteous as Abraham was counted as righteous? And I think that is why he, of all the figures of, of the Bible, and certainly there are others who share the same kind of faith, you know, men and women throughout their scripture, but Abraham is the one who's given as the model and why, if we have that kind of faith, he is said to be our father. You're right. What we think about Abraham, the thing that sets him apart is really that that faith. But one of the questions that that I've got to ask is, why is Abraham, and forgive me for asking it exactly like this, although I'm not really asking for forgiveness, um, why why is he such a big deal? I mean, by the time we get to him, he's 75. He is is in, in the prime age of his 401k years. Why is he such a big deal? And and why is God picking on him? I'll confess, I don't fully know. 
Um, this is, you know, one of those things. Like, for instance, we read about about Jesus in in the end of John chapter two. You know um, <clears throat> that he, you know, Jesus was not committing himself to man because he knew what was in man. Right. So God, God knows what's in the hearts of all men. Yeah. I come back to this this statement that that Joshua, as he has led the the people of Israel into Canaan, so they now this great nation that God had promised to Abraham has now taken possession of the land that God had promised Abraham. And so Joshua begins to review their history. And in Joshua, the 24th chapter, he starts with Abraham. He says in verse two, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel from ancient times, your fathers lived beyond the river. That is the Euphrates river, mm-hmm. namely, Tira, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. So on the one hand, Abraham is outstanding because the faith that he puts in God. Right. But on the other hand, Abraham is just like everybody else in that he comes from a less than perfect background. He had not always been true to God. He had had worshipped other gods along with his father. And so God is, and I think Joshua is making the point, listen, God could take this quote unquote no one and raise him up and bless him. Right. He can and has done the same thing for us, Joshua speaking to Israel, with the point of he will continue to do this. We're, we're still no one. We're still nobody. We're, we're undeserving, but God can and will do this just like he did for Abraham. And of course, the same point for us today as well. We who are nothing, we who were dead in our trespasses and sins, and yet if we can manage to have faith like Abraham managed to have faith, then we, just like Abraham, will be raised up and out of that previous, um, those previous dire circumstances and elevated to reign with Christ. So I, I, don't, I don't fully know uh, why it was that Abraham was chosen. Uh, again, could God see that here's an individual that would have faith? I absolutely believe yeah. that. But in some ways, he's not extraordinary. He, he's like other people. And so God does it for that reason as well. Yeah. And this is what, and this is my hunch and you're welcome to disagree with it, Josh. But I think one of the things that, that we are continuously impressed with by God is that he sees something that we don't about the internal people that's inside of people and not outside of people. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, we look at, you know, the, the choice of Saul and David and that, right. and that these guys, even in their own families, were, were not the guys that, that even their own families would have chosen. Uh, they, they would have chosen an older brother. Uh, that, and then when you get to Jesus, this is a guy who comes from a nothing family. Uh, it, it looks like Joseph at some point dies early in Jesus's life because he is a, a non-entity when it comes to Jesus as a uh, as a traveling uh, uh, preacher, so he he comes from a single parent household, uh, and again my suspicion, uh, not politically connected to anything, not rich, not w- w- without really much 
much power at all. And, and when you look at the great characters of Christianity, uh, or let me put it back, when, you, when it comes to the great characters of people who impress God, they're not all that special. They, they don't have anything that, that would qualify them as a success by almost any metric, except that God saw something in them. And again, you're welcome to disagree with this. I have to say it's the character. That character is one of those things that's not flashy. It's not exciting to a lot of people, but God gets excited about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, again, yeah, you see that the the humble that God chooses, and, and of course, Paul makes the same point in the early chapters of First Corinthians. You know, it was not the wise, it was not the great of this world that God chose. It's it's us who are not considered wise, great, powerful. And so God works like this throughout time, and Abraham, again, proving to be a chief example of that. Yeah. And again, this is one of the things, at its height, at at the, the strongest that Israel would ever be militarily, it was not that important of a power on the world stage. Um, it was It was important to God. Yeah. And would they, did they you know, settle a, a par- parcel of land uh, located between the the, uh, the Sea of Galilee and the, the Dead Sea and, and, and the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, they did. I mean, but but when you look at how big that is, I, I know people who have been to the Holy Lands. Look, we would drive it in an afternoon, mm-hmm. and, and we would be, I think, completely unimpressed by its scope. I think we would be fairly unimpressed with with the things that were there, except that was where God chose to house people of character. Does it, you, you see what I'm saying there? Yeah, I do. Okay, okay. This is a, a point that you landed on, and it was something that that it just struck me when I was hearing it. You talked about how Abraham gave his heart to God. What does it mean to give your heart to God? I want to uh, go back to. A, a proverb that you know, likely most of us uh, have heard, um, and I want I want to kind of look at how that um, kind of I think fits into the story of Abraham and us as well. So Proverbs three five says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding." In some way, I think that proverb is the commentary on what was referred to as the great commandment in all the law. The commandment that's found in Deuteronomy 6, 5, and that Jesus repeats in Matthew twenty two thirty seven, To love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. To, to sacrifice your heart to God, to truly love God with all your heart, means you don't have to understand. You don't have to know how or even sometimes the why. Right. We like to, but that's oftentimes where we get ourselves in trouble. And in the story of Abraham, that's that's when Abraham would get in trouble. Yeah. It's when he and Sarah were, were struggling with how is God going to do this? And they would begin to take things into their to their own hands, whether it be Abraham, you know, telling Sarah to to claim that she is his uh, sister, yeah. or the the situation with Hagar and Ishmael. Um, that is when, because it did not come to their understanding, they did not fully grasp it. 
in those moments, they weren't truly trusting in the Lord with all their heart. And why it is that we are told to circumcise our hearts, to give our hearts fully to God, is because if you think about it, there is a lot of what God asks of us that we may not understand how is that going to work? <laughs> and even why is this the way that God has chosen? Yeah. You know, baptism is kind of chief one of those things. Why immersion in water, is that the way in which God chose that I am going to cleanse you and forgive you of your sins? Right. Well, you can write volumes and volumes have been written about, you know, how it is that that works. But ultimately, and the reason why it's tied to faith is, don't don't lean on your own understanding. Right. Just put your trust in God and follow through on what God has asked you to. Why why would we turn the other cheek? Why would we love our enemies? Why would we pray for them? I don't necessarily understand why because I tell you, you you look at how that normally works out in your life, it does not normally turn your enemy into your friend. Now, if anything is going to do that, it would be that, but oftentimes it does not. So why should we do that? Why should we, you know, allow ourselves to be the lambs who are led to the slaughter? Right. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord your God with all your heart. And again, that is where we find Abraham ultimately comes to, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about this this uh, final lesson of Abraham this Sunday. We'll, we'll go to passage you have to go to when you talk about the story of Abraham, and that's Genesis twenty two and the sacrifice of Isaac. And we're going to look at what the Hebrew writer in Hebrews 6 makes of that story and what God did on that occasion. But that is where you find Abraham more than any time in his life Mm -hmm. fully trusted in the Lord and did not lean on his own understanding. And that is what we are called to to sacrifice in our lives too. Not not following what you think is right or how you, you view things are supposed to work out in your own mind, in your own heart. Rather, trust in God, put your faith in Him, and follow Him. Yeah. Let me ask you this, and this is kind of a follow-up, and I think it, this should be fairly easy to, to answer. What's the advantage of trusting in God, especially when you don't understand why? Especially when you don't understand the mechanism behind it. Well... I guess you could give a, a few a few reasons for that. One is that there's the track record of God, and, and that's what the Hebrew writer is asking us to do in Hebrews chapter eleven. When we are being exhorted to you know not waver, to to hold fast uh, the confession of our faith uh, because God is faithful, and then you have that whole chapter of Hebrews chapter eleven where God asks people to do things that would be nonsensical. You know, leave your leave your father's house. Uh, Noah, build an ark. What? Do what? I'm about to destroy the earth while I buy water. How? What? Okay, so you have the the history of God proving himself to be trustworthy and reliable. And when people do what he asks in faith, and it doesn't make sense, but yet God follows through. So that is the ultimate reason why. Uh, We just have to, um, you know, Again, that's that's where faith starts. Is is do you trust this being your creator, your your father, in that he knows what he's talking about? You know, again, we we'll come back to parenting. That's what we're asking our kids to do all the time. You know, um, I had a discussion with my my sons the other night about you know just kind of being a little more responsible right. with um, 
you know, kind of what they do around the house and, you know, kind of even, you know, picking up after themselves. And I, and I I confessed to them, it's like, Hey, listen, I know part of this is just me. You know, I'm, I'm a little, you know, crotchety old man here. And I like my, you know, I like for you to pick up your things, Yeah, but I'm also trying to make things better for you in the future that your roommates and one day your, your future wife is going to appreciate it more. If you learn now to be responsible and pick up after yourself. They may not understand that now, but if it can if it can uh, prevent some some conflicts for them in the future, maybe maybe just maybe, Dad knew what he was talking about there. <laughs> the line that I was, I think you'll agree with this because your first half of that, the first idea that you're presenting there is because God is ultimately trustworthy, and the last half of that statement has to be, and you're not. What happens is you know the reasons why you do things, but you don't necessarily know that you have good or bad reasons. Uh, the, the the thing about it is I get scared at, a, at an airplane because I'm not the guy who's behind the wheel. As if me being on... They don't have wheels in airplanes, but that's fine. Right. I, I'm the flight yoke, I understand what you're saying. But I, when I'm in a car and I'm behind the steering wheel, I have the illusion of control. Right. But the problem is, even when I'm behind the steering wheel, the things I understand about automotive mechanics are reduced to put gas in the thing and press the accelerator and the brake and turn the wheel. And, and the thing about it is with a car, it is far more complex than that. There are so many systems that I have to trust to work, but I don't recognize that trust because I don't yeah. trust the car. I trust me. I think I'm the one who's in control there. Right. And when it comes to God, God really is in control of everything. Absolutely. But we don't trust him. We trust ourselves. Is you what I'm saying there? I do. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So you kind of already tipped your hand on this. You're going to be talking about Abraham again. Love that idea. Final time. Final time. No, I have a feeling that Abraham will probably uh, make his face known. Well, I mean, in this series, yeah. No, no, I'll ne- I will never speak about Abraham again. I don't know how I'll ever teach Bible doing that, but uh, yeah, I just will never speak about Abraham again. And refresh my memory. Exactly what are you going to be talking about? You're going to be talking about the sacrifice of... Yeah. We're going to talk about Abraham's testing and victory yeah. that, you know, ultimately victory comes through testing. And so, there, you know, there's all kinds of biblical principles that, that follow through that. That's right. And yeah, I have no doubts you're going to end up in Hebrews. So okay. yeah, that sounds good. Well, Josh, I look forward to talking about that next time. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. The sermon we referenced in this episode is in the show notes. We have all of our information at universitychurchofchrist.org. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.